breaking news from KXAN News. That breaking news this morning, someone was shot around 1.30 off of East Howard Lane in Austin, right by Dessau Middle School up in North Austin. Good morning, I'm Tom Miller. I'm Sally Hernandez. As we know, Austin police are calling this a homicide investigation. They're set to give an update any minute now. What we can tell you about this incident is that it happened at an apartment complex. It's a gated apartment complex. When we got there, we were actually pushed back from the crime scene because it's private property. And once police do provide more details, we are planning on bringing you that press conference live. This is some video of this scene out earlier. Now we also know police responded to a different incident. This was on South Congress Avenue earlier this morning. Police say they got a call about a robbery, which then turned into a pursuit near uh, West Alpine Road. One person was shot. Police did not say who that was uh, or give any information about how that person is doing. They did say, though, that there are suspects in custody. APD telling us it's going to be at least two more weeks before the Department of Public Safety could return to Austin. Yeah, but they say there is no concrete information as far as the date on when the partnership might restart. Now, in the city's Public Safety Commission meeting just last night, police revealed violent crime has gone back up since DPS troopers left. But many commissioners want more context around this data and how it was obtained. I'm going to officially request that that data be made available <laughs> um, so that we can reference it because we also looked at a whole lot of data that you put together that didn't have a whole lot of detail and sort of we're, we're accepting at face value. Austin police also showed data last night on car crashes and they say those decreased during the DPS partnership in Austin where troopers were deployed. But when they were moved out of Austin, crashes went back up. We reached out to DPS about that data presented, still waiting to hear back from the Department of Public Safety. This partnership started at the end of March. DPS asked to help out because of APD staffing challenges. Collaboration also drawing some criticism from those heavily patrolled communities. Some people felt like they weren't being fairly targeted with those traffic stops. A report from the Travis County Attorney's Office following the first two weeks of the partnership showed 65% of people arrested by DPS for misdemeanors in Austin were Latino, 23% were black. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Well, welcome to your Tuesday. We start with a live look outside. This is our Palms Car Wash camera there in Northwest Austin. And it's fairly quiet. I really don't have a whole lot to show you at this point. Radar is not showing anything too exciting for us, but temperature-wise, running a little cooler this morning. We've got 60s from Mason to Fayette County, 68 in Georgetown, 67 Austin, 64 in Lano, 64 in Blanco as well. Hey, as far as that temperature difference goes, you'll notice we're down two to five degrees, but don't get used to it. We're warmer this afternoon as those 60s right now climb to the low 80s by lunch. So it's going to be a quick warm up. Forecast high today, 89. But with that humidity, you're certainly going to feel a little bit hotter than that. We've got rain chances low this morning, but climbing to about 40% later this afternoon. So we'll go scattered storms and showers across central Texas, similar to actually what we saw late day yesterday. We just don't have that morning round. So I'm going to time out those late day storms. We'll talk about the heat that will follow because I'll tell you what Mother Nature is really turning up the knob on us. We already have our first 100 degree
every day inside. So we'll talk about when the heat will peak, when our rain chances disappear, and how much rain we could see before the heat takes over. It's all coming up in your first morning forecast. Thank you, Kristen. This morning, ceremonies are underway to commemorate the 79th anniversary of D-Day. This honors the United States and our allies in a battle that led to the defeat of Hitler in World War II. Coming up this morning on the Today Show, a group of Americans made it back to France thanks to the help of a former star NFL linebacker, Donnie Edwards. He tells NBC News' Kelly Cobea that it was inspired to create a nonprofit to bring vets back to their battlefields by his own grandfather who survived Pearl Harbor. You didn't serve in the military, but this is your way of serving. Yeah, I just want to give back, you know, like I benefited from living the American dream. And, uh, you know, my wife and I, we just took it upon ourselves to say, you know, thank you. And this is how a small part in how we say thank you, especially to our greatest generation. The Today Show reports live from Normandy this morning, and there is an emotion, emotion, emotional rather reunion. Richard Rossi waited 79 years for this moment to be reunited with his best friend, Bob Bailey, at his final resting place in France, the childhood friends from Lorraine, Ohio. Both enlisted at the age of 19, but only Richard made it back home. We are learning new details when it comes to the five new indictments against Austin police officers with the Travis County DA presented them last week. And KXAN has learned three of the officers' identities. At this is the first two officers have been indicted. At this time, Jeffrey Tang now faces a charge of deadly conduct by discharging a firearm. He was one of 19 officers indicted last year over claims of excessive force during protests in downtown Austin in 2020. His attorneys claim they only got eight hours notice to submit materials for the grand jury to consider. The DA's office declined our offer to comment on those claims. And just learned one of the two newly indicted officers, his name is Joseph Murray, but we have not yet confirmed the charge that he's facing or who's representing him. The other newly indicted officer is Joseph Pechey. Okay, it is 435. Let's go back to that East Howard Lane shooting and the Austin Police Department giving an update. We are working to get that live right. picture for you Senior right now. Senior Patrol Officer Dimitri Hobbs. You can hear the police department talking, so let's listen in. This morning at 1.33, a call uh, comes out for shots fired. Um, EMS and APD arrive on scene and find a juvenile with head trauma. They start CPR life-saving measures. EMS then transports to Dell Children's Hospital. That's what we have right now at this moment. Um, it's a juvenile, female juvenile with head trauma. That's what we have. Um, that's the details I have right now, and that's what I can give you right now. We just went live. Could you start from the top on that for me, please? <laughs> sure. Uh, at 1.33, one, one um, I'm Senior Patrol Officer Dimitri Hobbs, um, but at 1.33 this morning a call came out for shots fired, heard. Um, officers and EMS arrived on scene, uh, found a juvenile female with head trauma, and EMS uh, they performed life-saving measures and then EMS transported to Dell Seton, Dell Children's Hospital. Um, and that's what we have right now. Um, I'll take a few questions. 
but that's what I know right now, and that's what I can give you. Anyone in custody? No. Do we know how many, if there was more than one shooter? Or? Don't know. I mean, we're, you're right at the beginning of this. Um, detectives are on scene now and trying to go through what they have and what they know right now. And, I mean, you're right at the beginning of this. And the victim's still alive? As far as I know, yes. And does this happen outside or in an apartment? Where yeah. in this complex did this happen? Just right behind us. Inside, inside the complex, yes. Do we know the age of the victim? Or Juvenile. Right. Juvenile is what I've got right now. And no, there's no update on the condition. We just know that they're alive. All I know, they're alive still, yes. Uh, you all tweeted about this event saying it was a homicide, that she had passed away. Right. No, I did not. Nobody said they passed away. Well, it's, it's a tweet as a homicide. I understand that, and that's what was told to me, but at this time, they are still alive. Anything else? Just to be clear, did it happen inside an apartment, or did it happen in the parking lot? Or? From what I've here inside of an apartment. That is the Austin Police Officer spokesman, Dimitri Hobbs, giving us an update on the situation that they have unfolding right now on East Howard Lane at an apartment complex. What we first thought was a homicide because we were told by the Austin Police Department. Turns out the update is that the person who was injured in this incident is still alive. Yes, yeah, saying it's a young girl who suffered uh, some sort of head trauma. They weren't clear on whether or not that was a bullet wound or different trauma. Uh, clearly the questions are ongoing. We're gonna work to get some answers on this and we'll have updates as they become available. We'll be right back. Investigators are still trying to figure out what happened after a private jet crashed in Virginia over the weekend. NBC's Tom Costello has the latest as investigators have made their way to the remote crash site. Hey guys, good morning. We are learning a lot more about this plane that crashed in Virginia. And of course, as you know, on board was a mother and her two-year-old. They are from New York. She's a real estate broker, Adina Azarian, and her daughter, Arian. They were on their way to the Hamptons on board this private plane owned by her father, on board also a pilot and also a nanny. Somehow the pilot became incapacitated. It now is a possibility, a leading possibility, that in fact they suffered a, an air decompression event inside the plane, no oxygen inside the plane. Because within 15 minutes of leaving Tennessee, the pilot stopped communicating with air traffic controllers. The plane then flew all the way to Long Island, then did a U-turn and came back. But if the plane is, if the pilot's incapacitated, how could the plane do a U-turn? One leading theory is that he had pre-programmed the autopilot, go to New York and then fly back to that same point in Tennessee and once they hit the waypoint on Long Island, the plane simply went to the next waypoint, that's Tennessee. But as you know, as it then headed south and towards D.C., six fighter jets were scrambled because the plane was flying right over D.C. Uh, and those fighter jets determined that the plane was, in fact, the pilot was unresponsive and the plane was no threat given its altitude. The plane then crashed in this very rugged rural uh, Virginia forest. Investigators took four hours to hike into the crash scene, trying to piece together the pieces and try to determine if there's any clues as to what led to this, this tragedy involving this family from New York and, of course, the pilot and the nanny. So we're getting into all of that. We'll ask the NTSB what they're looking for in an exclusive interview coming up on today.
still ahead, housing the homeless, where Austin city leaders are hoping to open up some more bed space. Good morning, a live look outside from Northwest Austin, our Palms Car Wash camera, 183 there in the background. Hope you're having a good start to your Tuesday morning. And want to tell you about a spot familiar with people experiencing homelessness in Austin. It could reopen its doors. Salvation Army closed its downtown homeless shelter. This was back in April. Yeah, not too long ago. When KXN's Grace Reader explains how the city is working to reopen the shelter and who could run it. It's not easy. Felicia Ross is one of the thousands of people in Austin without a place to sleep tonight. I generally try to stay where there's cameras uh, in an area like um, uh, Republic Square a few nights ago. We met Ross outside of the Salvation Army's now shuttered downtown shelter. The building that once offered roughly 200 beds is currently closed, but the city of Austin is trying to change that. The city needs more shelter capacity. We have about uh, four or 5,000 unhoused folks uh, in this city. Uh, we truthfully don't have enough space currently for all those bodies. City leaders want to lease the space from the Salvation Army for a year to get those beds back. According to the city, Urban Alchemy, the group that's running the arch right now, will be tapped to operate the shelter and provide services during that time. Austin City Council could sign off on the plan later this week. What my hope is, is that we are able to serve the population that was there. It's something the Downtown Austin Alliance says is much needed. The group had high praise for Urban Alchemy and said they hope, just like at the Arch, people will feel safe inside and outside of the shelter. And that takes more than just the operator. That takes city support, police support to ensure that, that the area remains safe. It takes uh, other efforts to ensure that the area remains clean. The city says as for who will be allowed to stay in this building, that'll be worked out during contract negotiations. But the shelter has previously served women and children, something Ross says is much needed in this area. They need to do more for women. They're not doing enough. Grace Reader, KXAN News. Grace tells us that the city will spend roughly $1.2 million to lease the space for a year starting July 1st, and much of that will come from Austin Public Health's budget. Now, last month we reported on a new property the city of Austin is turning into a shelter for people experiencing homelessness. The marshalling yard near the airport will be a temporary shelter as part of an attempt to expand the number of beds that the city is offering. A portion of the 70,000 square foot building will create up to 300 additional beds. But many neighbors expressed their concerns about their location and the lack of notice that they got from the city about it. It is Superhero Day at Dell Children's Medical Center. Austin Police and Dell Children's partnering up this morning at 10. And look at this, this is what you can expect later. They're bringing in all your favorites. Batman's gonna be there, Black Panther, Iron Man, and Wonder Woman. A group of villains have escaped mm. and they're heading to Dell Children's. And with patients looking on, the superheroes will show them what they got. They're gonna go down the hospital walls into the courtyard to save the day. After capturing villains, the superheroes will sign autographs and then visit the kids in the auditorium. Even the Joker <laughs> yes. has a change of heart yeah. at the end. So sweet. <laughs> you know, we could use a few more heroes in Austin. Oh, so course. I love that. They're so good. <laughs> All right, let's show you what's going on with your forecast here. You made it to Tuesday, and we made it through the storms we had yesterday, both in the morning and the afternoon. I do expect probably one more day of stormy weather, and then our focus turns to heat. So as you can see, this 
this morning, not a whole lot happening. Clouds and radar, quiet temperature, 67 degrees. We've got calm winds out there. Everybody pretty much sitting in those mid to upper 60s at this hour. 70s by late morning, and then we are back into the 80s today. Forecast high, 89 here in Austin. I would say most of us in the mid to upper 80s as we top out this afternoon, but the rain chances slowly on the rise as we get into the later part of the day here. So as I put this in motion, not expecting a whole lot this morning. Maybe if we're lucky, an isolated storm, but I'm expecting the daytime heat to act as a trigger for the better chance of rain and showers and thunderstorms later this afternoon. So that's the 40% beginning around lunchtime, continuing through about four or five o'clock, and then things wind down as we lose the sun later on tonight. Overnight into tomorrow morning, quiet. A couple more isolated storms possible Wednesday to 10% or less that you see rain on Wednesday. Today likely to be the better day for those showers or storms. But we're not expecting anything in the way of widespread flooding or severe weather. It's just a general risk of severe storms today, meaning gusty winds and small hail possible. But we shouldn't be tracking any tornadoes here in Central Texas. That's the good news. The bad news is as those rain chances fade, as that high pressure gets in here, get ready for the heat. Upper 90s Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And with that high heat comes that high humidity. It's going to get very uncomfortable here once we transition to the later part of the week and weekend. So here's your fair warning. Summertime kicks in once we hit this weekend. Enjoy the 80s today. Could be one of our last days of these more manageable temperatures before that June time weather settles in. Seven-day forecast shows 90s starting tomorrow. We continue to see those temperatures climb well into the 90s with only a few spot storms and showers Friday, Saturday. With that high pressure sitting on top of us, it's much harder to get those storms in here, but the heat continues. In fact, it's likely going to get worse next week. So plan on those rising temperatures, some mild overnight lows in the upper 60s to mid 70s. Breaking news from the war in Ukraine, a major dam destroyed in southern Ukraine today, and this is now threatening hundreds of thousands of people. Look at this stunning here from this drone video showing that water surging through a huge hole. This is Ukraine's Kakhovka Dam. The risk of massive flooding now immediately sparking evacuations from nearby areas. According to the regional governor of Kherson, an estimated 16,000 people are in what he described as critical danger zones. Ukraine is accusing Russian forces of blowing up the dam, which sits in a Russian-controlled area on the front line, Kherson region. Russian news agencies saying the dam had been destroyed in shelling, while a senior Russian-installed official said that it was a terrorist attack, implying an attack by Ukraine. NBC News has not verified the claims of either side, but we're working on that. After Texas lawmakers passed a bill to end mandatory vehicle safety inspections, the Travis County Constable's Office wants the governor to veto the bill. Precinct 3 Constable Stacy Suits issued a formal request to Governor Abbott to step in and veto this. He says law enforcement needs every tool to detect and combat fraudulent activity. The proposed change would only impact personal vehicles, not commercial ones. Make the, the roads more dangerous. I'm sure you guys have thought about that. I could also talk about the small businesses that will be put out of business, and many people will have to be fired and lose their job. Vehicle inspections are costly, time-consuming, and provide little benefit. 
If the governor signs this into law, the inspections would end in 2025. The fees, though, associated with those state inspections, they would remain. They'd fold into a new cost that the state would charge you. This would not change in some of the counties where you still need a separate emissions test. That includes Travis and Williamson counties. And Texas is implementing tougher charges on people arrested for catalytic converter thefts. The governor expected to sign this legislation into law today. It would make it a first-degree felony for people possessing more than $300,000 worth of converters. If the suspects use a gun during the theft, the punishment, that would increase as well. The Senate bill, known as the Deputy Darren Almendarez Act, the Harris County deputy killed last year, he confronted three suspects going after the catalytic converter on his personal vehicle at a grocery store. His family in the Harris County Sheriff's Office, they're going to be at today's signing. Almendarez served with the Harris County Sheriff's Office for 23 years and was assigned to the Auto Theft Task Force. According to insurance company State Farm, catalytic converter thefts have risen 400% since 2019. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.